First I watched the girl, loved the mess. I watched the swirl of smoke from candles burning, while Mary looked up yearning. I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus I loved my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. And all those things I thought were true. Someday I'd break the big taboo. And this is the Free Thought Radio Hour with Daughter Five and the Wombat. The Wombat. Yeah. And we have a special guest today on the phone with us, is Seth. Welcome, Seth. Hey, guys. Hey, and uh, I just ought to tell you that my daughter's a Sethian. <laughs> what? What does that <laughs> mean? A Sethian is a, uh, I'm not really sure, but uh, it's it's her kind of um, silly approach to religions. Okay. It's supposed to be like the brother of... Of, uh, Franklin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one of the early children of Adam and Eve or something I'm like that. I'm going to pick that one here, but not here. Can we do it? Uh, hey. Mike, too. There we go. There we go. I don't want to get it too high. We're doing some level checks here. Wonderful. I don't want to get it too high. Seth, um, I didn't... I do want to make sure it's coming through. Seth, I never got a chance to ask you, did you want to have your own studio name? And here's your chance to make your own identity for yourself. Yeah, I go by the Wombat. We have Doubter Five right here. What name? And we had a uh, Robin on who wanted to be called the Nerd Chick. Uh, you can call me the Duke. The, the Duke. Duke. Nice. So, really glad that you're here. Uh, do you want to go through? Yeah, as an introduction, I, oh, first of all, I want to give a station ID. This is WOZO Radio 103.9 Low Power FM in Knoxville, Tennessee. Coming to you live. You can also listen to us streaming online at one. I'm sorry, wozoradio.com. That's wozoradio.com. This is the Free Thought Radio Hour. Uh, this is an atheism show, and we'll be talking about atheism, free thought, humanism, rational thought, and science, and matrix stuff. And matrix stuff. <laughs> We're getting into it. Conversely, we'll also talk about religion. Of course, we have to. Yeah. Religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstitious superstition. And despite what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs, and you'll be hearing some of them right here in this program. We'll also mention a few of the atheist and rationalist groups that reside right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and how you can connect with them. Did you also know that there was an atheist TV show broadcasting here in Knoxville? Has, what? has been for six years. When is it going to get to seven? Um, it'll be next summer. Okay. <laughs> August, okay. I okay. I jumped the gun a little early there. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, we're ready to go. And what topics do we have? So this is, I actually have something better than a topic. I have a guest with us. This is the Duke. I love this guy. Uh, we work together in the labs at, uh, University of Tennessee. And one of the cool things that we have is a lot of free time. Not free time. Uh, free time I think <laughs> is the opposite of what we have. I think we just have a lot of time where we're standing and talking to each other while we're doing our work. Is that right, Seth? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, a lot of time yeah, I pick each other's brains, poke each other, uh, and the cool thing is we go pretty deep on a regular okay, sounds basis. Sounds good. That's Isn't that right? Right up our alley. Yeah. So what I wanted to try to do is, if we wanted to topic today, I want to talk about 
the universe. I want to know how people see the well, universe. Let's not exclude anything here. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone has like a different kind of perspective, and if you and based on your walk of life, you may see the universe differently from another person. So when someone comes to me with a really interesting point of view, and generally it comes from a religious or a religious background, where they may be say Hindu or Islamic or uh, even a Christian perspective, those those tend to be generally textbook. But what's cool about Seth is he has something that's burgeoning onto its own territory. Okay. It's a new path. And I love, I just want to know how it works. So mm-hmm. I asked him ahead of time, Hey, would you mind coming on the show? Uh, I'd love to hear what you got to say. We'll, we'll, we'll pick at it. You'll, you'll, you'll yell at us. We'll go back and forth. Uh-huh. It'll be a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. So Seth, why don't you give us a brief background on like, I guess you, as well as, I don't know, maybe your background or your upbringing or where you are, at least maybe religiously, it'd help out. Alright, uh, I guess the best place to start would be from the, uh, beginning. Okay. Big Bang? So, uh, I, I grew up, I grew up Presbyterian, and, uh, I go to church till I'm about, uh, 14. And, uh, Christianity makes a lot of, lot of sense to me. Um, it, uh, it showed me a lot of good things. Yeah. But, but Same come here. 14, uh, I just, I, I started thinking about other, other other religions, other possibilities, like quite honestly, just the origins of, of everything in general. Mm. So uh, I started to start to do some research, and at this point, after being exposed to creationism and Big Bang and evolution and any number any number of theories, I uh, I can't really commit to anything right now. I think. Uh, I'm, I'm still kind of exploring where exactly uh, my my beliefs are yeah. going to well, stand. I don't know is a valid answer. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know if you if you really don't have an answer. Yeah. What, would you be comfortable with the fact that we may never have an answer in our lifetime? That's legitimate enough. That would be worthy of your belief. I I would be comfortable with that. Um, I, I, I'm fine with not knowing everything, that's for sure. Mm. I, can, uh, I, can, uh, I can appreciate that to some extent, but uh, I would like to look at least until I don't have a chance to anymore. And I, I kind of look askance at those people who say they do know everything. Yeah. I mean, can, can you think of it, the, the arrogance of saying, I know everything, I know where it all came from, I know I have a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, he's concerned about my private life, and and just on and on and on about uh, how how the uh, the omniscient, all powerful creator of the universe is personally involved. So in can I can I can sure. I address that? I don't have an issue if they if they have that confidence. I just want to see some evidence to back it up. Right. I don't think that's asking no, too much. I have an issue with it. Um, <laughs> you well, just don't well, like confidence in general. The, the issue I have with it is that sometimes they feel... Seth, they just letting you know, we're allowed to disagree with each other all the time, and that's <laughs> well, all we do on this show. Well, the thing about it is uh, a lot of people do bad stuff when they feel like they have a personal uh, revelation from the creator of the universe. I mean, how can you n- say no to that person? I the mean, creator to the creator. Well, I mean, Seth, shoot it. I think I think humans humans are flawed, and of course we we, we make many mistakes. But I I think as humans, it's only natural for us to try and commit to something that can give us all the answers. Like like it's presented to 
Yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree too. And, and, and I don't, don't think, it's, I don't think it's anything that a lot of people can help or they're even conscious of. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of people, a lot, it's a security blanket. It's a lot blanket. society at this point. Well, and they were spoon-fed it before they even had any rational gears to be able to evaluate. You know what? I think that's a good point, too. Like, there's a, there's an aspect behind conditioning a kid mm-hmm. to not be able to answer those kinds of questions right. to the point where that when they're an adult, mm-hmm. they don't have any facilities or faculties to really address these terrible questions that they've been avoiding their entire lives. Uh-huh. I think yeah. that if they had the chance to, like, for example, just realize that I don't know is a good answer or that, you know, death may, is a part of life and it's not necessarily something scary and it's something you can prepare for and mm-hmm. and come to it with a healthy perspective, I think these are beneficial things. When you don't have that, uh, uh, an all-answer booklet. A pet book. A yeah, pet answer, I mean. Is a, the only crutch that you can have that supports you in a certain sense. You can, uh-huh. You're conditioning your kid to live on, like, one foot. Yeah. But anyway, uh, getting back to uh, where you were starting and continuing, Seth, go ahead. Um, I think uh, I think at this point uh, I'm willing to give medicine a shot, uh, any any belief system a shot if uh, somebody can get me started. Uh, cool. Whoa, like, that's like, very open-minded. Like, like, me a little evidence, and I just immediately want to fact-check it and look a little deeper, and I think we should all be held accountable Whoa. for that. I think if someone's going to tell us something, all right. we should we should double-check it and then look deeper for ourselves. So I'm you said, board. yeah, I, I think that's actually a pretty open-minded yeah. perspective. Did you say any belief system? Now, okay, yeah, that is a broad word, any, but I think it's worth having a knowledge of the belief at least even if it's not one that is what we would call good okay okay so what would what would it take for you to i guess what what is the standard of evidence that you would use to dismiss one belief from the next then i guess on this journey that you're about to go on um well quite honestly you you uh and i we're, we're, we're scientists so we like to be able to It's testable. It's repeatable. You'll be able to make yes. predictions from it mm. and test those yes. predictions. <coughs> yes. Sounds like my scientific method. <laughs> it does. And I guess we're both scientists in a sense. Uh, we, we, I, I feel the appeal from doing things that are testable, but I don't get the emotional satisfaction unless if it's, you know, like I guess what I say is that you, you had a Presbyterian background. I had almost every version of Christianity growing mm-hmm. up, uh, there's an emotional hole that that is certainly filled, or a crater that's filled, uh-huh. by having religion in your, my life, or at least when I had it. Yeah. And even if I was having the test, even if I could do a lot of demonstrable things and know it's yeah, confident. But, but you could say that it, there's only a hole there because you had that in your life from the earliest yeah, memories, yeah, and then it was is gone. So right, there's a hole. Right now, there are, like the there are children nowadays being brought up by secular families okay. that don't have that hole. Mm. They, they, right. I mean, you can you can watch them debate on TV. You know, watch them on the the atheists' experience out of Austin, Texas. Yeah, they were raised in secular homes, mm. and they don't have that that need that that 
Oh. So, Duke, what do you think? Do you think even just having, like, testable stuff, because you know science can give you testable stuff, but there's obviously some, maybe something lacking, like, and it's a palpable thing that I could feel as well. Is, is that a sensation that you have as well? Um, are you talking, like, 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 like emotions, like... Yeah, like, just the feel of belonging, the, the sensation that you're being loved by someone that you can't necessarily see, that knows everything yes. you know... The connectedness, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that definitely. Because um, just, just, just being, just being in the place I am right now uh, in college, people are, you know, they, they're committed to these things, and I can see the emotion they put into them. Mm. It's like, quite honestly, so I, I can understand that. Yeah. Cool. Larry, do you have anything to say? Um, yeah, I, I was raised Baptist, Southern Baptist, and I uh, was a Christian until I was like 22, 23. And then when when I lost that, uh, I did feel an emptiness yeah. somewhat. Uh, but I got over fairly quickly, mm. um, mainly because I had a distrust for religious types. Right, as right. Um, yeah. When I was growing up, it seemed like all the religious people in my my town had their hand out, you know. Sure. Uh, uh, glad fisting me, uh, I mean, but a lot of them know. were doing it genuinely. I, I, from my experience, well, they they seemed falsely happy to me. Oh. They they feel like they were putting on a front and trying to get you in their club. And I can see that, and, and, and that turned me off. Oh, now my mother uh, didn't go to church. She was a very religious woman, okay, she did, but she didn't go to church because she said they were full of hypocrites, and mm, I could yeah. I could yeah. certainly see that. I can see that too. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, I did learn to lean on an invisible presence throughout uh, high school mm. and in, in, the, in the Navy, for that matter. Um, there can be a use for false uh, false beliefs. Mm. Uh, they can help get you through times of trouble and stuff, but they should never be relied on for supplying truth in your life. Yeah. I also, if I can, a side story, there was a time where I used to make cartoons and put them on the Internet, and I was going through them today. You know, Oddly enough, I noticed that like at the end of every cartoon, cartoon there would be a paragraph where I would just thank God uh-huh. for the opportunity to like be able to have the the, the time the resources and the resources and to do yeah. that mm-hmm. animation. But then as the I, I had animated for like eight years. Like by midway point I started to see those messages no longer being my projects. And I had forgotten yeah. I even put them there mm-hmm. in the first place. To the point where I'm at the end of my project and I'm not thanking God at all. But yeah. my Creativity feels more free, like I'm put, mm-hmm. putting out more random stuff. Well, you you don't have this invisible judge, yeah, uh, watching every thought and every idea that comes through your mind and and, and uh, grading it right. basically for acceptability. There's certain jokes you can't make on the internet where you can mm-hmm. follow it up by thanking God that you have the opportunity yeah. to make those jokes. So I guess uh, in a way there was a freeing sense that filled that emotional gap for me, just yeah. like being able yeah. to do more things, see the world in different things, make friends with new people right. and such. Well, getting back to you, Seth, uh, I I think what you're basically saying is you like to keep an open mind. You would like to uh, maybe learn more, uh, but you want to uh, test the things that are told to you uh, against a a background of uh, rationality and evidence. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that's very interesting. No, I think it's a good idea to have an open mind. I agree. We certainly don't want to close ourselves off to things so Seth, that do you are think rational, any... that are provable, evidential. So I'm going to ask you a question, Seth. Do you think there's anything beyond just the scientific method, beyond just strict testing, that can also lead to truth as well? That could also work as proof. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, see, that's a tough one. Um, we were, you know, we watched that video the other day, Tyrone. Yes, we did, and yeah. That, and, that, and that guy was giving accounts, historical accounts. So and can, can, I, can I introduce that video that you had sent me? Yeah, you go ahead. So just for the audience can know, uh, I had asked the dude to come on the show about a uh, few days back and when we all agreed. He'd sent me some videos that I should read or see. There were two videos that he sent. Uh, one is essentially a pastor giving proof that Jesus Christ was, in fact, the Son of God. And he's a 40-minute sermon that largely went through citations of biblical scholars. Yeah, but that I wouldn't call that proof. But go ahead and call that <laughs> testimony. That's about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's what I'm getting to. It, it, I, would, I would go as far as to say that sometimes if if that kind of evidence is substantial enough, if, it, if there's enough sources that we, we could consider that proof. Well, if you could tie it. If you can yeah. tie it to a source um, that who we we know who said it and when and that they lived and that yeah. we have evidence yeah. of, of you know their their facility or I mean we know we know dinosaurs lived here but we can't we we can we just like trust the bones or, right but, well the thing that is we don't know who wrote anything in the Bible we have no information zero information about the authors of any of the text in the Bible we have assigned names to them. Uh, the the people who put the uh, the Bible together assigned their own biblical names to them, but if you go t- and talk to scholars, well, you know they say author yeah. D or author P or author so and so because we really this, don't know. Yeah, it's a point I brought up, uh, Seth. So like, just so the audience is listening, like, mm-hmm. there's no one back in Mesopotamia era who was named Lucas, and Michael, and Tony. Yeah. And, hey, yeah. what's up, yeah. Mac? What are you doing, Peter? Right, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, Thomas? Uh-huh. Tommy? Oh, come on over here. It's Jesus yeah. Christ over here. It's all yeah. okay. Uh, also, I'm going to have to put my foot down also. I think there's a difference between saying this guy existed, a man existed, and a man existed as the manifestation of a spiritual divine well, being sure. that no one can see. Yeah. It's one thing That's a say. more extraordinary claim. It's one thing to yeah. say that uh, we know that King Arthur was real, but does that also mean that Merlin, Merlin and, and dragons is real. and, and so, all that were real? So really then, how many stories would I need, or how many anecdotal evidence would require me to believe that? And I don't think there is an amount. There isn't. I mean, you can't like reach a magic number of anecdotal no, evidence. Like six hundred people saw that. Well, not only that, people but saw magic. Okay, I believe in magic now. Uh, these stories multiply over time, and we've had two thousand years for these stories to become right. entrenched in our, our society. Mm. So, what did you think of that first video overall? Did you think he made a compelling case, or was it worth being convinced by it? What did you find convincing by it? If I don't, I, I don't think what he presented me was worth being convinced by. I don't think that would count. I think. If anything, it compelled me to go look for myself, just just to be educated on what there is at least. Ah, okay. And, like a review and, paper on... Yeah. At the very least that I get out of it, I, I now understand what evidence, quote-unquote, is there. Mm. And I understand for myself how compelling it is. What does that mean? Uh, what did that sentence mean? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Tell me what that sentence how, how compelled do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> How compelling it is for myself. What does that mean? Well, like how 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 convincing it is to me. How, how convincing that that evidence is to me that that it proves uh, Christianity. Okay, I would so from that video, I would say again, um, there was a lot of testimonies that supported the claim. 
but the claim in itself was so extraordinary that I didn't feel like that kind of evidence was is claim? necessary. The claim was Jesus Christ existed as the Son of God. And Okay, well, you're begging about a thousand other questions here. Okay, right, you're begging on. the question that the that if there is a God and we have not uh, we have not established that there may not be a God, mm-hmm. and you're saying, well, this guy was the son of God without establishing that there's a God. We haven't established that we have souls. We haven't established that they go anywhere after they die. So what, we haven't established that they carry on after we. Yeah, die. just summarizing. Or what you're that saying. there are it's places a, that they it's go. It's an extraordinary thing to there say. There are 37 million other questions that go with the statement that you're just glossing over. So he had 500 testimonies, I think he had, or uh, cite, cited in his YouTube. Yeah, video. yeah, he had uh, around 500. I don't think. But there's like, a, like I said, it's not, it's not convincing me and. But it's good that he showed the evidence that convinced him, at least, because now yeah, we have yeah. the list of it. And, okay. and, I, and I think, I think he, he, he did do a good amount of research, yeah. but I think he, all along, he wanted to find a certain thing. All along, right. he was looking for a way out of the, the life he was leading. So sure. maybe, maybe it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that he got his proof. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's so much presuppositionalism in, involved in that. Yeah. He presupposes yeah. the existence of a God. He presupposes that that God is the Christian God. He, he presupposes, presupposes that someone that, can exist without their father's mitochondria or my DNA making yeah, it happen. Just, their I mean, there's being. a whole, there's a whole, literally yeah. a whole religion of presupposition behind the fact that he's just making his mind say, it's believable or it's not believable. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he's got to make a determination in each and every step. Right. And he's not doing that. It's, it's a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing to do. Well, I guess what I, I, again, uh, if I were to summarize it, extraordinary claims require extraordinary right. evidence, mm-hmm. and he hasn't met that criteria, at least for me to be compelled. Right. The second video, though, is uh, actually kind of interesting. Oh, uh, Seth, did you, or the Duke, did you have any uh, closing comments on that video? Or no, 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 just uh, if you're ever, if you're ever. Yeah, look for. Yeah. yeah, never be satisfied with an answer, even if I don't believe him. I so again, the person who's making the claim, it's their duty to present the evidence right. for me to believe. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. at a certain point, I'm and, not going to passively. We look don't for have evidence. to defend. I mean, right. we can if we want to, but we don't have to defend the the position of. I'm sorry, you didn't supply enough yeah. evidence. I my, don't believe it. My argument isn't that Jesus Christ did not exist and is not the or Son that of God. There is no God. My it's argument, just, yeah, my argument yeah. is you haven't presented enough evidence to prove your case, right. and I'm back in the I right. don't know I don't land. And if I don't know, I don't have to believe it. That's all that atheism is. It's a lack of belief. It's I don't believe it. I don't it's, believe you. It's, it's, it's really it. that. That's what it means. Not it. Yeah. It's like, well, hey, I don't believe you. The right. way how you just whoever, described that. Yeah, whoever is, yeah, you that. Story, mm. as I was saying. So, so anyway, let's go, go ahead. Let's get into the second video. This sure. one's actually kind of interesting. So uh, it was of a scholar uh, who claimed to be an ex-Muslim. Uh, he transitioned into Christianity, and he was discussing essentially his transition, uh, what convinced him to leave his faith, supposedly in Islam, into Christianity. Seth, do you want to give a brief overview of that video, if, if or was that just? Um, really, really, really the man, 
So basically, uh, scho- scholars raised by parents who are very loving to him, but come from a Muslim background. He's never been exposed to people outside of his religion. He meets a guy in college who's a Christian who also has a very loving background. He never thought that was possible. Through discussions he's had with his Christian friends, he realized that the source of it, because Muslims also believe in Jesus Christ as well, is Jesus Christ inherently. And since Christianity is more fundamentally around Jesus Christ, that's when he well, transitions. Well, yeah, I, I don't really find that that hard to accept because he's. You think of all the presuppositions that a Muslim will be carrying with him into another belief system mm-hmm. that basically shares the roots of this, the, the the belief system that he's coming from. It's, it's a small change, I would think. It's Abrahamic belief 3.0. Yeah. To, yeah. to down to I mean, 2. they both 0. believe in the same God, even though they call them different words. They do call them they, different words. They believe in the prophets. They share the prophets. Yes. They, they share the lineages. It's an easy uh, thing know, to it, transition it's, it's, to. They believe in souls and afterlife and heaven and hell and, and the, all the same things. Hmm. Uh, it was a very small, in my opinion, it would be a very small thing for one to switch over to the other. So <laughs> I was looking up this story. I was trying to figure out more stuff about this guy. Turns out he's not actually an ex-Muslim. Uh, he's actually an ex-Ahmadi, which is kind of like a separate cultural group that's not Muslim at all. They're not recognized as Muslim, but they are more. Is it cl- really? Yeah, they're more close. Fact What's up? <laughs> you already fact checked it. <laughs> I already fact checked it. Because I have Muslim friends, and I was just like, uh, let me see. They, there's probably going to be people because it's not every day that you would have someone say that I was a Muslim, but then I decided to go to Christianity. Because really, a lot of the tenets in Christianity are in the Quran plus some extra stuff. So going backwards is really just ultimately just losing stuff in a sense. Uh, maybe I'm just simplifying it too much there, but essentially uh, the Ahmadi culture is very more clo- can more easily transition to a Christian frame of view because they don't have Muhammad as their main prophet. And if you don't have Muhammad as your main prophet, you're not a Muslim. Like end of story. So he's really a guy. So what he does is he's evangelicalizing himself as a ex-Muslim when really he's never been a Muslim. And yeah. he's trying to show, hey, Christianity is so good that even Muslims would agree that Christianity is better. And yeah, he's, but he's doing a sales job. He's basically. doing a sales job ultimately. He's doing a sales job, and he talks like a preacher. He's got that. He has that tempo of the way how he's talking. And guys, remember, all you have to do is remember mm-hmm. the three. Like he's talking like that. It's like something <laughs> seems a little weird about this guy. Well, we're getting down to the bottom of the hour. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a station identification and a, and a message break and music break. So do you have anything uh, before we go into the break? Duke, stay on the line. We're going to have a great talk. I want to know about the origins of the universe. Get ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. We're going we're gonna to cut away for about five or six minutes, and we'll be right back. If you live in or around the Knoxville area and are questioning your religious beliefs or simply believe in one less God than everyone else, well, you're not alone. The Atheist Society of Knoxville is a fun and friendly group of people just like you that meets twice a week at a bar or restaurant. We meet every Tuesday night following the show at Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria for happy hour. You'll find our group either inside or on the patio. Look for Richard Dawkins' silver-jacketed book, The God Delusion, standing upright on the table. But if you plan to preach, prophetize, provoke, or punch, please don't. We all question what we believe at one point in our lives. If this is the time for you, come join us for food, drink, conversation, and fun. We're all connected to each other 
biological, to the earth, chemical, to the rest of the universe, atomic. I think nature's imagination is so much greater than man. He's never gonna let us relax, relax, relax. We live in an in-between universe where things change all right, but according to patterns, rules, or as we call them, laws of nature. I'm just standing on a planet. Really, I'm just a speck. I'm just a speck compared with a star. The planet is just another speck. To think about all of this, to think about the vast emptiness of space. Billions and billions of stars. Billions and billions of specks. The beauty of a living thing is not the atoms that go into it, but the way those atoms are put together.
Do you find stories of talking snakes laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. And we're back. This is WZO Radio 103.9, live FM in Knoxville, Tennessee, low power. You can also listen to us if you're not picking it up very well. You can listen to us online at WZORadio.com. And we have the Wombat. The Wombat. The Duke. <laughs> Along with Daughter 5 talking about atheism, religion, cosmos, everything else in the, in the universe. Well, we're uh, about to get into cosmos right okay. now. We'll go for it. We got so uh, before you go in, don't we have uh, the YouTube show? I want to just give shout outs to them. Uh, oh, oh, the uh, and our the, the atheist TV show that we have here in Knoxville. Yeah, right. That's Free Thought Forum. It's been going on. I know it's hard to believe, but we've had a show here in Knoxville, a public call-in TV show for six years now. It's called Free Thought Forum Knoxville. You can go to YouTube. A fan has been putting uh, shows up on YouTube. Uh, just search for Free Thought, which is one word, Free Thought Forum Knoxville, and you'll be able to find them. If you sort them in reverse order, you'll get the most recent one, of course. And if you like pizza. You like pizza? Yeah. And you want to meet up with people who... Oh, <laughs> then uh, you can come down to... Setting up the, yeah, setting you're up setting it up, and I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> you can come down to Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria right after the show, which is about... Oh, five thirty, six o'clock. Yeah. <clears throat> Every Tuesday, have pizza, beer, and talk with twenty-five or thirty of your closest atheist friends. Growing every week. And growing every week. Um, what else do we have going? We got the Rationalists of East Tennessee we that do. meet the uh, first and third Sunday of every month at Pellissippi State. And they also have a meetup group where they do regular group activities as well. I was mm-hmm. just with them yesterday. We did a escape. Games Knoxville or Breakout Games Knoxville. Mm-hmm. We were literally trapped in a room for an hour, uh-huh. and we had to figure out a way to break out. Just three of us this time. Next time we're gonna have way more. Uh, that, but it's a. It's that a was big, who? Who was that? There was ASK that took everybody down there. Or? Uh, it was RET. The Rational RET East, did. East okay. Tennessee. Oh, very good. But what was really great is how much time we saved not praying. Oh yeah. <laughs> to try yeah. to get out. Uh, that's for sure. There's also a Sunday assembly in Knoxville, which is like church. If you're an atheist or a non-believer and you don't, you miss church. Uh, this is the place for you because it's kind of like a church, but they don't celebrate a God. They celebrate life, life, liberty, love, all that good stuff. Okay. And uh, it's in a church setting, so you have that camaraderie and community that you may be missing. Okay. Okay. And we Got can get back. So, warning at a time. Things are about to get a little bit weird. All right. <laughs> so I want to know about the origins of the universe. I'm sure everyone wants to know. But what's great is, like I said, at the beginning of the show, we all have different perspectives of how this happens. Some people already have an answer that's given to them, and they're happy with that. My God did it, mm-hmm. or Zeno did it, or yeah. Zeus made it, mm-hmm. so on and so on. Right. But what's really interesting are the people who have the full you know, landscape of ideas open to them, and... Not that they're picking and choosing, but that they must have some sort of concept that they're at least trying to evolve. And I want to know, like, where you're at, the Duke, 
where you're at with that right now. Uh, I also like to get Larry's feedback on this, and I'll introduce it to myself. So the question on the table right now, Seth, I want you to answer it first. How do we? How did we get here? The universe in well, general. Yeah, everything. How did how did this stuff get here? I'm just gonna be straight up. Uh, I don't know, but I've got some ideas. I want to know about those ideas. <laughs> okay, well, possibility one, and I'm sure several people have thought this before, but maybe people who are trying to commit to either Big Bang or creationism don't have it right. Maybe it's a mix. A mix of Big Bang and creationism. Okay, where's the split? So, we, let me, let me just start with this. Right. 14.8 billion years is, is an incomprehensible amount of time to. 14.8 billion years, right? Yeah. Yes. Great. That, that is a long time when we can't comprehend it. Um, and then, in, in Christianity, I think they have something that's also incomprehensible in a God. Okay. And I'm thinking that maybe that is where they merge. Maybe this incomprehensible being God could set to motion these events, or maybe this this event itself is just what we call God. I I, I don't know, but maybe the the incomprehensible amount of time and the incomprehensible God are where these two views meet. Okay, so you're saying that maybe and. An eternal God uh, started this this particular universe fourteen point eight billion years ago, something like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's not, um, but you're not saying it's the God of any particular religion, right? Yeah, not not any particular religion. No. Okay. I don't really have much of a problem with that. And be, let me finish what I, on this because basically you're saying if if you if you uh, do truly support this idea and accept it, then you're a deist. A deist mm, is a person yes. who just believes in a god, but doesn't necessarily believe that he's an interpersonal god, a that micromanager, that he micromanage or or something. And and that's okay as far as I'm concerned. I don't have a problem with that because there's no dogma associated with it. Sure, you know he's he's not there constantly telling, whispering in your ear to tell you to kill gays or yourself. to uh, don't touch yourself or don't you know make sure you're a virgin on your wedding night. Um, um. I mean, the founding fathers, a lot of them were deists, and they were respectable people. I mean, yes. they, they they had a lot going for them. Uh, they had a lot of things that they did not know the answer to. Like one of the things that the founding fathers had to face was, why are humans so different than the animals? Why are they so much more... Um, what do you call it, intelligent, organizing civilization, uh, civilized, you know, that type of thing. There's obviously a difference between humans and animals. Uh, but nowadays we know we're just animals. We're very intelligent animals. But the founding fathers didn't have evolution. Right. They did not have an answer for that. So they could, in all essence, say, well, a a god created us different. You know, they created the universe. Um, they had... Uh, a kind of a default go-to answer, mm. which they they could support as well as they could any other answer at that time, 200 years ago. But uh, nowadays, you know, we've got the background, cosmic background radiation, we know. But yeah. those are just symptoms of the Big Bang, not what actually caused it. And we, big, yeah, we have no idea what caused it. Exactly. So the Big Bang is essentially still just one model that really <clears> explains <throat> a series of observations that we've made mm-hmm. that's both very good on predictive power as well as explanatory power. But 
with still not necessarily the earliest event that could have actually occurred in reality. It's just the one that we can most likely observe yeah. or the and, the earliest one that we can point and to. And it's not likely that we're going to get past past it, even in theory, because right. the, the phys, laws of physics break down. At so that's that the boring side. I want to know what's past that. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't we all? <laughs> I want ideas. I, I, uh, Seth, do you have any ideas about what could have started the Big Bang? Man, uh, who? Like I said, we might be able to say that a God did. Um, That's one answer. Other other answer is the one that we probably know. Um, All matter condensed into a point smaller than we can even call an electron and then got to that point and expanded just rapidly. what could have caused that, man? I do not know. I do not know Again, why. That's a respectable that. answer. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some uh, weird TV shows on a show called Science where they were discussing that the reality that we live in is a consequence, is like a spark between basically two plates. And the plates that I'm discussing... Or membranes. Are, or membranes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to stick with, uh, plates just, or bands, or, or membranes, but there's like an endless series of right. them to an extent. Mm-hmm. And when these, and these, these plates or these membranes kinda, uh, vibrate. And I, I'm using vibrate in the sense where I have to use a spatial term, but imagine I didn't say vibrate, but something close to that. Yeah. Or they are close enough where there could be static occurring between the two. And every single time they come in close proximity with each other, there's a little spark. And each one of those sparks, one spark, Boom, big bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, planets forming. Whoa, we have microorganisms crawling out of the ocean. Hey, here's Larry and me sitting down talking yeah. to Seth on the phone right now. Oh, now we're in space in tropic depth. It's all done. And then somewhere else on that plate, endless numbers of other sparks are occurring. And each one of them is another big bang. Planets. Planet of the apes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the aliens are coming for us. Boom, and tropic depth. Another one. Dolphins can talk and wear suits. <laughs> just so on and so on and so on. It's all going on. So what we're experiencing right now is literally just could potentially be just a small little spark in the overall meta existence. Yeah, yeah. multiverse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, multi-billion. You said multiverse. I didn't yeah. say multiverse. Oh, we can well, go there if you want to go. That sounds like what you're talking about. <laughs> each plate being a different universe. Or each yeah. plate being two particular aspects of reality, and, and maybe there's other yeah. higher bands of reality yeah. where there could be yeah. other sparks. Going well, there's on. there's it's another. Crazy. I didn't, I'm not saying I'm I'm for it, but um, it's cool. It's yeah. a sexy theory. There's a there's another one in the uh, another theory you know that's floating around about the Big Bang and us and our universe is that it's all a simulation, the matrix oh, you know, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, that we so I have actually read read articles online of course, everything on, online is true, <laughs> but uh, that they recently found evidence that points to the fact that this universe is a matrix. It's a, it's a, it's a simulation set up by some super guy. Right, that this universe could not potentially ever exist without some person designing it, and, but it had to have been done with a computer of some sort because we can see patterns yeah, of that in well, our universe reflecting back on the overall That's the theory. I don't buy into it. It's a sexy one, too. Yeah. And had at least one good movie, one out of three. It's mm-hmm. not that bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seth, what else you got? Watch that today. Watch that today, by the way. You watched it today? <laughs> In honor of our conversation. Very nice. Mm, very cool. I, uh, Seth, we, you got to pull out one for us. We just got Matrix. You got Matrix. We got Bands of Reality. I want to hear your sexy theory of how we came to be. Good have. Dig deep. Hmm. 
You know, listen to this. I, I, this is this is kind of weird, and I, I'm kind of jacking it from it. Men in Black. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we were created. This universe was created by aliens from another universe. Or with a memory zapping yeah. machine. Well, n- not necessarily aliens, but maybe just a higher order that we would call God, um, or, or or whatever aliens. But but I think that. If there if there was a god, if there was a creator, that he would be part of a he or she would be part of a higher order. Mm. Um, that 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 there would be maybe others having their own realities as well. Because oh, this is I I think this this universe we live in could possibly be just one manifestation of. Oh, so we're talking complete solipsism to a degree where every single person or the reality that I'm existing in right now is really just. My own personal reality. You're a brain in a vat. I'm a brain in a vat, essentially, and I can't be completely 100% confident of anyone else else's ideas. Right? Is that what you're saying? No, no. It's more like this: this universe that we're in is 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 one that's parallel to infinite other ones that maybe other beings, other other higher order beings, are in control of. Okay. Uh, started. It's the silence. It's the silence. That's the Doctor Who oh. uh, reference. I'm sorry, I, I got to uh, catch up. Aliens that have lived among us for thousands of years, and okay. we can't see them because every time we see them and we turn away, we forget that they're there. Oh, you know, type of thing. Okay, it's a memory trick. So there's a higher order of aliens that could potentially be just putting us in an induced state where we experience a reality, and there's or they're just living along experience. with us, you know, yeah, uh, experimenting on us and experimenting on our reality uh, coming in from other yeah. dimensions. So reality isn't a simulation; it's just an experiment in a series of test tubes that are all being done right next to each other. I don't know if it's that simple, but yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> On a higher order. Someone, someone's pulling the strings. Oh, man. I, I, I totally believe in a plan. Like, I, I think... This just for me personally, like, I don't know if he's defining the plan or, or, or what the plan is, but I feel like when I have trusted my gut and when I've, when I've you know, really thought about things is it if I, if I make a decision it, it usually works out for the best until and it does I, 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 I feel what like something's got to be something's got to be uh, working it out there I don't know I, to me that that gets back to the arrogance uh, like if I make a decision it's going to work out right I mean in the universe that that's a pretty major statement of your own importance in the universe well, well, I just think it's like I think I think there's infinite or not infinite. I think there's other other beings out there in our own universe uh, that are also being controlled. I think I think. Well, I think everything's got a part. Okay, yeah, you're 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 putting it forward as a belief, which is fine. You're not putting it forward as a claim, which, you know, or as a fact yeah. or something. Yeah, and um, you know, we we can uh, we can agree to disagree on things like that. Seth, could he, or the Duke. I want to know, uh, with our remaining time, we've got maybe ten more minutes on the clock. Could you describe, I guess, not what God actually is, but maybe most ideal God that you can think, that you can conceive of? The most ideal God. The most for... ideal God that you can conceive of. Oh, man. And you can apply any attributes you want, because now it's just a question of what the things are that you would find ideal, and not necessarily, you know, like... What is logically fallible or whatever or anything like that? 
disregard logic. Um, disregarding logic, what is the most ideal guy that you can imagine? Oh man, that is that is a tough question. And, and honestly, I hadn't put any thought into like how I would define that. Maybe I may even be able to direct you into some guys that make the description if you fill out this eHarmony profile for <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let me let me throw this out there. I've got a, a digitalfreethought.com website. It's got a blog in there. And in the blog, I wrote an article uh, about what the Bible could have sounded like uh, oh. if, if there was really an omniscient God out there who loves us and wants the best for us, and he actually wrote a book that would help us, okay. what it could sound like. So if you can go to digitalfreethought.com and look for what the Bible could have said, I think that's a, that's a pretty good idea of where I would come from. Okay. You know, as to what a perfect God or a good God would be. But you have to admit that the God, I mean, if you read the Bible, uh, the Christian Bible or the Koran for that matter, and you see the instances of him giving all of his people plagues. Or Torah. And killing them. Or the Torah. Or, right. Well, the Old Testament is basically Or the, the book Torah. of the Latter-day Saints. Yeah. There's a uh, he's constantly killing people, uh, giving them plagues, dropping fire and brimstone on them, flooding the world. That is not an example of a loving God. Can I challenge that? So, like, Torah, Sorry? he has a chosen people, and mm-hmm. there are people who are not his chosen people. And so when he's like, and of course there was the flooding the whole world, but he still had a chosen person. He still gives the Jews all kinds of plagues. Well, look what he did to David for taking a a census. Uh, He killed, what, 42,000 of his people? As punishment? As punishment. But what did they do? I mean, we're talking about, is this God a loving God or not? Right, so he would definitely not be the ideal, right? Seth, what would be the ideal? The ideal, the ideal God would be a being who I think above all is 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 understanding of, of what they've created. Um, they they are aware of what they've made and how it is going to uh, or how it how it how it's going to play out uh, before anything else. Like they they they. They know their their own universe. Uh, secondly, I think they're they're loving. Uh, I'm like not. You said, like you are you talking about the God or the people? If, if God is real, I don't think He would create a universe just to hate it. Right. Right. Especially yeah. as much as attributes as Christians and Jews and and Muslims give this God as being all loving and all kind and all merciful. But then you get his book out and read it, and it's not the case. Well, I think humans are partly to blame for that book. Um, Who is? Uh, humans, the, the people that are writing it I think it they're totally to blame for that yeah. book. <laughs> what else? Who other blame <laughs> would that be? <laughs> uh, I mean, it really couldn't be anyone else. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what people... Um, so if I were to answer that question, I would say, um, okay, here's an idea. And I'm not saying it's the most ideal yet, but let's say instead of God, we just had a guy named Greg, who was like this universe's janitor, you know, who lived in like the North Pole, like had his, he yeah. had his own little shed and he, he controlled the, the, 
the laws of physics in such a way that not so many people can just Why fly into live him. on Earth? Well, he wants to live on Earth because he wants to have a relationship with people, but he only text messages them. <laughs> so he's so he has a physical location. You can see him. He's on Google Maps. You can see his house. He's a real tangible dude. who definitely he spends his day just making sure you know it rains on time. Uh, on that Earth, the, that the Earth keeps spinning. On Earth, yeah, like the, you know, there's, he's you know doing a lot. There are in the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so he's always busy. He's like always busy, and he doesn't like answer like prayers on one on one basis. He's not going to make your sports team win. He's like, and if you email him, it may take like six weeks for him to get back to you. You have to email him like three times. He'll be like. A supervisor that's really hard to get a hold of. Yeah. And, but he's real intangible and he's not meddling in your life and he's literally not telling you to do anything. And if anything gets too crazy, he's just like, well, I'll just make another one if you guys screw it up. I'm not, I'm not going to step in. So it's up to you guys well, to make sure this okay. lasts. Does every single planet in the universe have one of these on it? Oh, that would be another I mean, I mean, you're taking care of the rain and the weather and stuff here. What about all the other planets? So you're saying, is there a sub Greg? Or is there like another guy named Tim on Mars and uh, so on and so on and yeah, so on? Right, I want, so I want it to be in every planet that ideally <laughs> that has life there's a representative yeah. Tim yeah. and he's able to exist on okay. the North Pole well, let, me, let, me, let me throw this out yeah. I, uh, that would be a great guy yeah that would well, be, be okay, <laughs> I, uh, be okay. I was uh, I was a political science major in college yeah and we had lots of discussions about what the optimum leader would be okay you know uh, would it be in a socialist, uh, a democratic, uh, a, a communist uh, leader? What kind of would we have to have a, a, a committees for a leader? Would that be the best leader? You know, and, and if you could come up with a, with all the attributes of a leader that he would have to have to make his people happy, and be responsive, and be uh, able to defend the country. You know, at a moment's notice, you couldn't have it run by committee or Congress. You couldn't have it run by a, a dictator that uh, only wanted things for himself. Mm. The thing that we decided on as a class, including the instructor, was that a benevolent dictator would be the best. He, a benevolent dictator would mean that uh, he had your, you know, the society's welfare at heart. Uh, that he could move quickly in the case of an attack or a war or something. He could make decisions without having to depend on other uh, branches of, of uh, government. Sure. Uh, he would be able to do what he needed to do to, to make his people happy. Mm. However, it, the problem with that is when you have a benevolent dictator and he dies, he's got to be replaced. Right. And how are you going to make sure that you get another benevolent dictator? But in, in the case of God, he would never die. But the problem is there. you got to have some proof that that guy is actually there. Mm. I mean, with a benevolent dictator, you could go interview him. Right. You know, you could find out that he's there and he's doing his job. But uh, for as far as a God, and I think that a lot of uh, people look to God, per se, as a benevolent dictator or a father figure. You go that route. Someone who can be personally involved, want the best for you, uh, be able to do the things that he needs to do to take care of you. But the problem is that we get down to this this area of evidence, and there isn't any evidence to show that one particular God is more likely than another, one religion works better than another, uh, et cetera, et cetera, all, all across the planet. You know, we got, what, 30,000 different religions on the planet, and each one's saying they're the correct one, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're contradictory, so they can't all be right. But they, they can all be wrong. They can all be wrong. Seth, how do you feel today? I feel good. I uh, I really enjoyed this uh, this talk we've had. Cool. 
cool. You're cool. We loved having you on, too. Yeah, it's been a good show. We've, we've still got maybe two, three minutes before we have to go to uh, music and close the show. So any closing observations? Closing observations. Uh, if I want anybody to get anything, I think they should understand the search is real. Uh, the search is real, yeah. The search is real. Uh, I'm always working. I'm sure y'all are always working. Mm. Uh, I would like to see more people my age concerned with these kind of things. Um, I feel like we could solve a lot of problems or at least find a lot of answers that we wouldn't have had before in searching for an ultimate answer. Yeah. Well, we just got to remember not to let our wishful thinking lead us by the nose. This is true. Hmm. We got to be pragmatic to some extent. Yeah, practical for sure. Hi. I just got a prophecy. There's a guy in the North Pole <laughs> named Greg, and he's saying, if you guys screw it up, I'm not building another one. But I, I don't he's believe in Greg. I believe in Tim. You don't believe in Greg? Uh, I believe in <laughs> Tim. You are a blasphemer. Where's my gun? I don't know. Uh, all right. That's my closing comment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, that, I guess that's about it. Uh, we've got uh, just about a minute. This is WOZO Radio 103.9, low-power FM, coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. You can also listen to us streaming online at WOZORadio.com. Today's guest has been Seth, or dude. Duke, the Duke. The Duke. Thanks for joining us, Duke. And uh, Wombat, thanks the for being Wombat. here again. Uh, we're getting to be quite a team. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a Doubter 5, and uh, we'll be signing off till next week. See you then. So you ask for my opinion. Well, what is there to say? To be honest and just foolish won't make you want to stay. Gotta go on and get moving. I can't do that for you. Got so many plans and so much you wanna do.